Welcome to BNB Books and Banter, a podcast where we are currently reading through Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. This is Linda. And I'm Sarah. We are currently reading the second book, Words of Radiance. Today, we have another two chapters, but with Shalon this time. Chapter 10, Red Carpet Once White, Ominous. Yes, it's also kind of referenced in the chapter, which is like a full page. If you like put this page and the other page together, it makes one full page. There's a new circle with swirls in it. Mm. That's the first we've seen of it. It is. So this book will probably be flashbacks to Shallan's past, in the way that the previous book was all Kaladin's past. Ooh. I didn't realize it was only a flashback for Kaladin. In the previous book? I mean, I we talked about it, and I'm always excited about it, but I don't think... Yeah. No, <laughs> that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, so in The Way of Kings, we did six years into Kaladin's past. So you think this time is all about Shallan and her past? It's going to be Shallan's past. Yeah, I think so. Let's go. So I think this symbol is going to be Shallan's symbol for her past. I have no idea what the swirls mean. I don't either. It's a pattern. It's like it's it's symmetrical or not symmetrical. Like it, it's not quite. You can't fold it on itself, but it's it's very close to it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get an explanation for it eventually. It's a very intense chapter. Shalon's only eleven, and she was to blame for what has happened here. Thank you. Now, is she 100% to blame for it, or is that a child's guilt? That is really the question. What's happened is that there's a lot of dead bodies in the room. Yep. And she has blood on her, and there's a lot of blood in general. And she thinks she is a monster. Who murdered. Yes. I'd also like to point out that the first bit of this chapter is the world ended. So Shalon thinks the world has ended. The world as she knows it, right? Yeah. But her father's still alive, clearly. He's whispering a lullaby to her. Yes. As he carries her out of the room. And we discover that the woman in blue and gold is her mother. Yes. And that she wasn't the one who bled a lot. But there's also this reference that she's lying face down. So Shalon can't see the eyes, the horrible eyes. When someone dies from a shard blade, they don't bleed. Yep. So has Shalon's mother been murdered using a shard blade? Right. The strong box also is interesting too. The fact that it was glowing and that light is streaming from the cracks. Mm-hmm. A monster was inside. So are we thinking there's a shard blade that is in the strong box? Possibly. Shard plate or shard blade? One of those. Yep. Those only things, aside from actively channeling stormlight, that this type of imagery evokes. Mm. So there's a shard there somewhere. So there is shards in Shalon's family. And a shard blade murdered her mother. Shalon thinks she's the monster murderer. So she's taking responsibility mm-hmm. for these murders, which would imply Shalon had a shard blade? <sighs> this is tough. 
<laughs> because the other thing is, if she had access to shards so early on, why is their family in such dire straits? Struggling. Mm. Yeah, if they they have that excess. Like, they could literally rent it out and earn money if they had to. Mm. I understand it's a question of trust, but... Well, Shalon herself does not refer to this incident ever. She's constantly trying to suppress the memory of it. Right. And in doing so, is she suppressing the shard blade? But her father stored the shard, is yeah. our interpretation of what's in the strongbox, which means he has access to the shard. Mm, so what's happened to it? Exactly. There's also the fact that it's the man who bled. If the shard blade had been used against both of them, neither of them would have really bled. Right. How did the man die? Shalon's 11 years old. So many questions. It's highly unlikely she could fight a full-grown man and come out physically unscathed and the man dead and there's a lot of blood. Lots of questions. Mm. I think it's implied that it has to be the sword if there is a shard. I don't think it's going to be a plate. A lot of questions here. But if this is the start of the flashback, surely we'll see more. Here's the hoping. I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'm nosy. I want to know exactly what was happening that night. We've got a bunch of chapters upcoming, so we'll find out soon. Mm. Oh, actually here in chapter 11, it's the same sorely mark. Yes, except it's it's inverted a new symbol for Shalom. One without Jasna. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the other one is for Shalon and Jasna. And this is Shalon alone. Mm. Do you have the image, actually? I have a picture of, and it says Shalon made landfall here. Mm -hmm. I was trying to match it up with the map. I'm not surprised that you did. That I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hard because I think the scale is different to the map I have. I assume that the garrison up in the north bit of the map, it has a crown and a sword. So that would represent the colons. That would represent Elokar. On the Shattered Plains. On the Shattered Plains, he is crown and sword. Mm. Otherwise, I was going to say it could be the capital of Alethkar. I don't think it is. Because I think that the, you see the white tower to the east of where Shalon made landfall here is? Mm -hmm. The northeast? Yeah, I think that might be the Shallow Crypts, which is mentioned in this. Mm -hmm. And then the, the little town to the southwest isn't, I don't have a label for that. But there's also, to the very northeast, there's also a little town up there. That might be Natanan. These are very rough distances. Yeah, the scaling's just a bit different to what I have. It's written in a different language as well that I can't read. But it shows the distance she has to go to get to the Shattered Plains. Let's talk about that. <laughs> in chapter 11, an illusion of perception. Yes. I understand where the title is coming from in reference to this chapter. Mm -hmm. Because this whole chapter is about Shalon, well, Shalon's obviously trying to struggle to survive, but she is trying to convince, say, the wood to turn into fire 
And in doing so, she's like layering two worlds on top of each other. Mm -hmm. She's messing about basically with the perception of what she sees around her. And as well as that, her interactions with the merchants later is very... She's putting on... She's trying to pretend to be Jasna, Channeling her inner Jasna. Yeah. I think it suits the chapter. It's more metaphorical than previous chapters. I don't know about that. Because, I mean, we know that Pattern is a lie spren. Yes. It seems like Shalon is practicing her illusions. Yes. Whether it be made from Stormlight or in how she is presenting herself now. Mm. All of these different masks we showed to the world, those are all illusions then, right? As far as Shalon's concerned. Yeah. I was going to start us with a quote, which is more foreshadowing again of an event that's upcoming. So I don't really have too much to say about this. Navani does mention that Sadeus would not simply rest upon his slaughters in pride. More was coming. We're expecting something from Sadeus. I wonder how disruptive it's going to be when they're also expecting something far bigger than just Sadeus. Well, they can't fathom how big beyond Sadeus yet, so... No. So how disruptive is Sadeus going to be on this? Is it going to make the actual event that's coming even more devastating? Is he going to play straight into it? Or maybe what he does is minuscule compared to what's coming. Mm, that's also true. So we have Shalon waking up by herself, somehow alive. Shalon has her Disney princess moment. <laughs> Where she's rescued by a Santhid. Mm-hmm. She's mostly dry as well. This is what I don't understand. She would have been underwater when she got picked up by the Santhid. Mm-hmm. When she gets onto this, when she ends up on this rock, she's mostly dry. I mean, yeah, she's in pain, but she herself then gets soaking wet because the Santhid can only go so far towards the shore mm -hmm. and she has to swim the rest of the way. But like, this Santhid obviously must have been the one following the boat or around the boat. Yeah. Because why would a random sea creature pick her up and bring her to safety? Well, that implies that the Santid only rescued Shalon. Yes. We see in the chapter, she doesn't discover anyone else from the ship. Everyone is presumed dead. I don't know that they were all dead when they hit the water, though. No. The mutineers were still alive, for definite. They were starting to murder the other members of their crew. Instead of some people being dead, everybody is dead. Was that the correct decision? This is kind of like the train on a platform and you have one person on one line and several people on the other line who do you save usually isn't it, it's like would you choose to save the world or would you choose to save one person i mean you could do that as well <laughs> i mean shallan made the decision to subject everybody on the boat to the same fate which was hit the water yeah with no lifecraft around or anything like that no warning. Was that the correct decision? She has incredible power. Yeah. So does Yasna. Mm. Just saying. These are people's lives that she played with. Yeah. The same thing that Jasna did in that alley that Shalon found so revolting. Yeah, was it her call to make? Mm. She was so torn up about that. 
I don't think it's hit her yet. And the other is their circumstances were different, right? She felt like in the situation that Jasna invited, even though she had no personal power, I think there's still a part of her that believed in Jasna's ability to resolve the situation. Mm. But here she's on her own and this is what she chose. Yeah. Again, we come down to this question of, you know, power and responsibility. Mm. Great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, because she made a decision. Mm. And she has the power to make this decision. Yeah. Because it's a personal power. Now, it is a power that she's um, struggling to replicate because she does try to do the same thing again in trying to convert something to something else. This is after she very conveniently finds Jasna's waterproof lined trunk full of books and stuff. Isn't that such a great plot point? Shalon does take a moment to trace a glyph ward. Oh yes, as a prayer of thanks. When she's praying, she bowed her head and sat reverently for ten heartbeats. Mmm. Ten heartbeats is not just now to summon shards, but it's part of their... Worship? Prayer ritual. Yeah. Ten heartbeats. Dun -dun. So she's used to counting to ten heartbeats. <laughs> well, it's just such an interesting thing. Mm. That it's not just, you know, people who are in touch with the shards, but everyone else has this connection to 10 heartbeats as a measurement of time. Mm. I wonder if when they're summoning their shard blade with 10 heartbeats, is it also kind of like a prayer? Guess we'll find out. Mm. But so far, we haven't seen too much of it. No, we haven't. It will be, it'll be interesting to find out. Especially for the plate, which is slower, because you still have to put it on. Yeah it'd be easier to ritualize summoning and putting on the shard plate. Mm. I also have another thing here. When Pattern is speaking, he's vibrating the sand, and Shalon has this thought of sand on a plate capsule. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that's in reference to? He was using something music-related. And the vibrations from the music then draws out the pattern. And so he found he finds like the different notes at which he can create the different cities. Oh, yes. So does this mean pattern was hidden in those vibrations? Maybe not, because Capsule wouldn't have known pattern would be present, right? Mm. Otherwise, that would imply that pattern has been with Capsule and not with Shalon. Not Shalon, yeah. So I think it's independent. It was just a happy discovery. Hmm. It's just a bit of a random reference to make here. She's very out of it anyway. She's suffering from hypothermia and exhaustion. Probably dehydration as well. And dehydration. She's a mess. <laughs> a mess. But she found the trunk, Jasna's trunk, so you know. And her thought is, Jasna might not have survived but her life's work had. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. I'm still in denial. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I think Shalon's still a bit in denial, so you're not alone. We've seen Jasner's reaction time to surprises, especially knowing that she can soul cash. 
Yeah. And we know she has no qualms of soul casting against other people or using soul casting on other people. Mm. In this life or death situation where it doesn't matter if her... Her Fabriel. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if her Fabriel's broken. She could still soul cast. Are you telling me that she will not soul cast to save her life? I just think there's something wonky there. That's all. <laughs> there's too big a plot hole there. Given everything we know about Jasna, how could she be murdered by two random guys? She's shown her powers before against guys, even guys who are attacking her. So, Right. So you know she can very quickly so cast. So if Jasna were to have died... Until they're, until we've confirmed it somehow, I am in denial. There's no body. It is more likely for her to have died because of the soul casting Shalon did to the ship than because she got set upon by assassins. Imagine if Shalon did cause her death because of that. Then I... <laughs> I, I still accept it. But Jasna dying because of... Not even the best assassins, right? These are kind of ruffians. They're not the professional ones. Which, by the way, if somebody put a hit on Jasna, she would know. Because remember she was the one who offers to buy. Yeah. That gives a bunch of assassins the option to like bring it to her so she can buy out the contract. So they could have earned more money for not doing a job they were originally paid to do. Mm. I can't imagine Jasna not doing that for herself if she were to know there was an assassination attempt. So these guys, first of all, she would have warning. And second of all, then the people left that could take up the contract are not going to be the professionals, the super well-trained ones. So these are the run a mill <laughs> ruffians. I'm going to stick with that. No way. No way they get the jump on Jasna. Okay, well, Shalon's upbringing has meant that she's very likely to die even though she survived the shipwreck. Yes, I do appreciate the fact that she has no survival skills. Nothing whatsoever. She can't even build a fire. Mm -hmm. And her solution to trying to light a, fly a fire... Is the soul cast. Yeah, go to Shadesmar, convince the wood to change to fire. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of world building. So what is land here is sea there. Mm, yes. Pretty trippy, but kind of makes sense if Shazmar is supposed to be a reflection. That's kind of now in my head, it's an inverse. <laughs> yeah, it means that Roshar for Shadesmar is land all around the edges and a big sea in the middle. So Shalon's figured out how to basically straddle being in her world and having a foot in Shadesmar in trying to do this. Bear in mind, she's exhausted and she's still trying to do this off one sphere that she took from Jasna's trunk. Mm -hmm. And she's getting weaker and weaker and she cannot yeah. convince the wood to do what she wants. And what she does... Even before she starts doing that, she draws exhaustion spread. Yeah. That should have been a, like, that should have been a warning to her. <laughs> You're a bit tired. <laughs> right. But exhaustion sprint in Shadesmar is large, bird-like creatures. Mm. Dark gray, no specific shape. Yeah. But kind of cool. But they appear so small in her own world. Yeah. Physical realm. Yeah. So she has an argument with a stick. It doesn't go well. 
and she ends up using up all the stormlight from the sphere and gets thrown back into her world with no fire. What she ends up doing is she almost falls into Shadesmar. Which would be bad. And instead manages to throw herself out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate the fact that despite all her doubts and insecurities, that Shalon is a survivor. Mm. So instead of just laying down there, she was like, only thing I could do now at this point is walk, and so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so this is where she's like really... She's really kind of lost it mentally because of the state that she's in. She's fighting her hypothermia as well as exhaustion and probably dehydration. She's drunk a lot of seawater as well on her getting from a rock to the shore because she can't swim. Mm. The actions of like curling up into a ball is very tempting. Very tempting. It's not what you should do. (laughs) (laughs) She would die in that state. Because she's in wet clothes, she's in the frostlands at night, she's going to freeze to death, basically. Yeah. Whatever's driving her to move is what's going to keep her alive. And that's what it does. She walks until she sees a campfire, and then just sort of collapses beside the campfire and ignores everyone around. Yeah. Taking a risk, but at this point... It's a big risk. I mean, she can't do much more. She was going to collapse of exhaustion sooner or later. The bigger risk is not collapsing by the fire. Yeah. She has no more energy left to actually do anything else. Luckily, thanks to her appearance, they treat her with respect. She looks like she's from one of the higher classes, which she is. Mm -hmm. The merchants don't touch her and they wake her up before they are attempting to leave. I bet they regret doing that now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They probably regret a lot of things. Yeah, they're from... Helena, which is the island to the south of the Frostlands and Carbrath. It's a big island. They're merchants. They they trade in slaves. Now, in fairness, she loses her sphere that was in her hand. And her first instinct is, they took it from me. It could have slipped from her hand at any point during her walk to the fire. Yeah, she wouldn't know. Or when she collapsed... Yeah, or when she collapsed, she dropped it. And her first concern when she wakes up is that one of her fingers is poked through the sleeve and she has to put it back in because they can't can't see my hand. Yeah. It's a very different way of reacting to something. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's something familiar and comforting that she knows she can react to. Mm. Like After she wakes up and she realizes where she is, She has to get a way out of here. Channeling Jasmine is not the worst thing you can do. Agree. Here's her perception. Mm. Jasmine wasn't condescending. Where other light eyes, like Shalon's father, went about with conceited egotism, Jasna had simply expected people to do as she wished. And they had. Mm -hmm. She spoke with the confidence that you will do what she is saying. Because it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. And channeling that gets Shalon these men to help her. Excellent. She manages to convince them to abandon their plan to go back home to finish their route and go back to the Shattered Plains. I mean, it also helps that they are merchants at the end of the day, right? It's all about the profit. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, the expense is minuscule to me. You will be greatly compensated. This almost an easy job, like escort me and get paid Mm. probably more than what they could earn 
And for less time, I'm assuming. The way she's presenting herself right now. Oh, yes, I'm a victim of a shipwreck. Don't worry, I have money. <laughs> I look a mess. Don't worry, I'm very rich. In fairness, there's a lot of spheres in Jasna's trunk. And if they do get her to the Shattered Plains, she is the betrothed of Adeline. Yes. They will be paid richly. Yeah. Even just for the news of Jasna's death. Yeah. She's also dressed the part, so they've no real reason to doubt her. Mm, yes. Minus the shoes. I'm, I'm assuming they think that if Shalon can't personally pay them at the moment, that when they arrive to the Shattered Plains, they can figure out what house she's from and therefore extract payment at that time. Yeah. Not really that risky for these merchants. Mm. If they can trust the fact that she is of a high enough class, which... Yes. Her mannerisms, including the fact that she instantly worried about her safe hand, reaffirms all of that for them. Proves it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You just mentioned their higher class. There is a throwaway line in this where she thinks about slaves and the fact that people from her class do not get put into slavery. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. They just get executed. It's the poorer people's privilege to become slaves. I don't think she would consider that a privilege if she actually was a slave for a day. Mm -hmm. She's speaking from a place of privilege in saying that. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if her and Kaladin ever talk. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. Especially because we're getting a lot more Adeline-Kaladin interactions anyway, mm. just from pure exposure. So if Shalon is... Assuming that Adeline wants to be betrothed to Shalon, because at this point it's not confirmed yet, mm. I would expect them to be able to interact with one another. Yeah. I just don't know if Kaladin will be comfortable enough to be honest. Yes. And maybe the deciding factor here is the fact that pattern will be visible. True. And therefore, maybe there'll be interactions or a curiosity about pattern that will draw Kaladin to speaking with Shalon, maybe. Well, surely they'll recognize the pattern is not an honor spren, it's the other spren. Right. That's the other issue, is if Syl will then want to interact and or have Kaladin interact with Shalon and pattern. Yeah. Will Syl say, that's dangerous? Yes. And you know Kaladin trusts Syl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Shalon's still on her way to the Shattered Plains, somehow. I just need Chasna to show up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that happens. All right. I think that that's everything. So get ready to join us next time for four chapters, chapter 12, and the three chapters that are the interludes. <laughs>